Welcome to the Low Carb Leader Podcast, a podcast focused on optimizing health and performance through a low carb lifestyle. Every episode will bring you a step closer to living an amazing low carb life. Come join us for this exciting journey. And here is your low carb leader and host, Dan Perryman. Hello, and welcome to the Low Carb Leader Podcast. I am your host, Dan Perryman, and you have joined me for episode 83. Happy New Year's, everybody. It is January 3rd, 2019. So we are into yet another year. I was thinking next year we will end another decade. So my dad used to say, the older you get, the faster time goes. And that is certainly, certainly true. So happy New Year's to everybody. And it's time to make New Year's resolutions. Or <laughs> some of you may have already uh, given up on your New Year's resolution since it is the third day of the new year. All right, so today I'm going to be talking about why resolutions fail. We make New Year's resolutions and most of the time they fail. We actually start resolutions in a bad spot. And I don't think a lot of people think about this. Say it's mid-December and you want to do something such as lose weight or work out or start a hobby, start to play guitar, start to play piano, whatever it may be. So it's December 15th and you think, okay, starting January 1st, I am going to start this new hobby. So basically what you have done, what we all do, is we start trying to create a new habit, a new resolution with procrastination. So December 15th, we say we're going to start this in 15 days. We're already creating a mindset of procrastination. So when January 1st comes, then we're already, we're already 15 days or longer into this procrastination, right? So January 1 comes, we get all excited about this new hobby or whatever it is that we're going to start. And then we think, well, you know what? Maybe one more day we'll start it tomorrow. Or we'll go to the gym or we'll go start it. And a couple days later, we're possibly skipping it. We go from procrastination to excitement to disappointment. And then we give up. I think the problem is we approach it all wrong. We think in terms of resolutions as I'm going to make this huge life-changing type of change, such as for 30 years I've been eating McDonald's every day. And just because January 1 is coming, I'm going to quit eating McDonald's. I'm going to work out. I'm going to start exercising. I'm going to walk. I'm going to change the way I think. It's not going to happen. I think the problem is instead of trying to change one thing at a time, we're trying to change a bunch of things at a time. And that's going to be very, very, very difficult. Think about it this way. Here's kind of the framework. So we have a bad habit that we want to change, right? And then we set a date, we set a goal, a New Year's resolution to change it. And then we try to change everything by using our willpower and trying to create a new habit. Yet changing one habit is very, very difficult. But changing 50 habits at one time is impossible. And that's why we fail. Then we get disappointed in our failure and we just give up. I want to talk briefly about the bad habit section, then the willpower, and then creating a new habit and giving you an easy, easy way to change things. 
for the positive. So let's talk about bad habits. So the first thing we need to do is actually acknowledge and admit that we have a bad habit. And here's a great example. You may think it's obvious, right? But I have friends who smoke cigarettes and take a couple nutritional supplements and truly believe that taking this vitamin or taking this pill offsets all the damage that is done by smoking. So in his mind, smoking is kind of a bad habit, but he's overcoming it. Excessive alcohol, right? That's a bad habit. But most people who drink a lot don't acknowledge that it's a bad habit. You know, most people live in this world of kind of not acknowledging their bad habits, such as smoking and alcohol, like I said. But then think about the habits like procrastination, sitting too much, being sedentary, Sitting is called the new smoking. That's what a lot of researchers say. It's so bad for you. Uh, not exercising, poor nutrition, obesity. People who have these type of bad habits don't even acknowledge them. They think that sitting around all day is okay. You know, it's not bad. Not exercising. They don't really value the, all the benefits or understand all the benefits of exercise. Eating, it's just this, it's just this way that they do it, right? So the first thing you need to do is acknowledge and admit that you have a bad habit. You cannot change it without doing that. And then second, this is very important too, decide if you really want to change the habit. Back to the example of smoking, you cannot quit smoking if you don't want to. There, I, I don't care what you do. You can take nicotine patches, you can take the gum, you can go to hypnosis, you can do everything. If you really don't want to quit smoking, you will not quit smoking. It doesn't matter what you go through. You have to have the mindset that you want to quit. And that applies to everything else. You have to have the mindset that you want to eat healthier or go to the gym. If you're just saying it and not really believing that you want to do it, it's not going to happen. Now, the last part of it is you have to create a positive substitute. So if you want to quit eating sugar, you just really, it's really hard to say, I'm just going to quit eating sugar. You have to replace it with something. So instead of eating sugar, you're going to eat a healthy substitute, some type of other food. So anytime you crave sugar, you'll try to eat something else. I keep going back to the smoking, but say you quit smoking and you have to create a substitute where you're going, going to exercise or you're going to do something positive with that time. So a positive substitution is really, really important. So you have to acknowledge it and admit it, decide you really want to change and then create a positive substitute around that, right? Uh, I do want to talk about willpower, though. This is one thing that's really overlooked. It's called decision fatigue, and there's a lot of research out there, and a lot of researchers disagree over it, but common sense-wise, this does make sense. You get tired. You make decisions all day long. You wake up. You decide what you're eating for breakfast. You decide what the kid's clothes are going to be, you decide whether to go walk before work, then you go to work and you make a million decisions. And by the time you get leave work, it's time to go to the gym and you're too tired to go mentally and physically, right? What is happening though is you are in decision fatigue. Your willpower is depleted. And there's a study out there with uh, parole and they looked at the times of the day that parole was given. And what they found was if you appeared 
in front of the judge in the morning, there was a 70% chance that you were going to get parole. By the afternoon, that went to 10%. And what they deduced out of it was these judges were fatigued. So by the time the afternoon came, they were just like, forget it, we're not given parole. And it makes sense. So think about it. When do we typically eat junk food? It's late at night, right? When your willpower is weak and you know, you're know you just tired from the day. So what you should do is make your important decisions early in the day or create an environment where you don't have to make decisions. If you're trying to improve your diet, you don't have junk food in the house because I don't have junk food in the house. So when I go into the kitchen, I don't have any willpower decisions around whether I should eat cake or not because there is no cake. But if you have cake in the refrigerator or cake on the counter, every time you walk in there, you are making a decision in your mind whether to eat that cake or whether not to eat that cake. And a lot of people don't think about that. That's really important. So you need to make it easier on yourself when it comes to deciding things. So when you're leaving work and your willpower is depleted and you're tired, if you have your gym clothes in your car and your gym is close to where you work or close to home, it's going to be a lot easier to get there than it would be if you have to come home, get your clothes, and then go back out to the gym. And more than likely, you will not do that. Keep in mind your willpower and strategically use the times of the day and make your most important decisions in the morning when it's fresh and you'll, you'll do so much better. How do you create a new habit? What most people do, as I talked about before, is they try to change everything at once. And I have a friend who called me and said that she wanted to lose weight, get on a ketogenic diet, and start going to the gym. When I responded saying, let's just pick one little thing to change now instead of everything, her response was, that's not how I am. I change everything at once. Well, here's my challenge to you. This is kind of the tough love part of it. If you're the type of person that can change everything at once, then why haven't you done it? If you're that type of personality, which there's not a lot of you out there, then you shouldn't be making resolutions because you should have changed everything for the better already. But that's not how we think, right? It's very hard to change a habit. I use myself as a personal example. I eat very ketogenic. I eat low carb. I go to the gym. I have pretty good health habits with the exception of I don't eat very many vegetables. And so my ketogenic eating patterns are a little lopsided because I I don't eat vegetables and we should eat vegetables. I mean, they're good for you. My one New Year's resolution is to eat more vegetables. Every time I eat a meal, I'm going to have at least some type of vegetables. It can be like I just ate lunch. I had a few red peppers. I don't eat a full salad. My goal is to add some vegetables to every meal, small or large. It all depends. That's my one thing, and I'm going to do that for 21 days. That's my one goal I'm going to do for 21 days because I have a habit of not eating vegetables, and I want to create a new habit of eating vegetables, and that's the one thing I'm going to focus on. Some of you may be saying, well, that's that's fine and dandy, but I got a lot of things I want to accomplish. Well, so do I, except... When you list them all, they become so overwhelming that you do not accomplish any of them. 
I mean, I spent 20 years as a hospital CEO and I've seen leadership and I've seen people fail and I've seen people try to accomplish a lot of stuff. And the most effective people are the ones who have one thing that they're going to accomplish and they accomplish it. My advice to you is pick one thing, pick one thing. And for the next 21 days, do that one thing. Say like for my example, it's add more vegetables to my plate. So what I do is I I have an index card. I wrote the goal on the index card. It's very important that you write it down. And then I wrote one to 21 on the back. And every day when I eat my vegetables like I'm supposed to, I make a check mark. And you can do this on an index card, a calendar. You can do it on whatever. Research shows that writing it as opposed to typing it is more effective. It kind of solidifies it better in your mind and your body. So that's why I write it out with a pen and paper. And then in 21 days, I will add another habit. So I've in 21 days, I'll have accomplished my vegetable addition goal. And then on day 22, I'm going to start another goal with one thing to do for 21 days. And if you do this, you can accomplish 17 things over the next year. I would argue that if you can accomplish five positive things in your life in a year, that's really good progress. If you can accomplish 17, that's amazing progress. You do one at a time, you accomplish it, you feel good about it, your motivation and your self-efficacy become stronger and stronger, and then you start being more confident about your successes, and then it's easier to reach your new goals. The higher your confidence is, the lower temptations are going to be. So as you continue to achieve your goals, as you go 21 days with not eating sugar, then your confidence in yourself of not eating sugar is going to be higher. So it's going to be much, much easier not to eat that piece of cake, right? As opposed to before when you didn't have any confidence that you could avoid the sugar, then it was a lot harder to pass up that piece of cake. I am confident that all of you can accomplish this. Just in summary, just pick one thing. And it should be one specific thing. Not like I'm going to become a bodybuilder. More like I'm going to go to the gym three times a week for the next 21 days. That could be your goal. Or I'm going to cut out sodas for the next 21 days. Or I'm going to not eat candy bars for the next 21 days, or I'm going to walk 15 minutes for the next 21 days. So very specific goal. Make sure you write it down. Make sure you check mark and give yourself the pat on the back every single day that you accomplish it, and you will be very, very successful. Well, that's it, and I hope this helped, and please share this with anybody else who is struggling with hitting their New Year's resolutions. And again, check me out at the Keto Leader Facebook group, You can go to danielperryman.com and that will take you to my Instagram page and the link to the Facebook group. I hope everybody has a wonderful 2019. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and please share it with others. And I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Take care. Thank you for being with us today. And we hope that you are on the road to your successful low carb lifestyle. Become a leader in your health and a leader in life. Check us out at www.thelowcarbleader.com. And remember to join Dan again next time on the Low Carb Leader Podcast.